Welcome to the Girl Dad Show, a professional parenting podcast. Each month, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who are balancing parenthood, life, and profession in the hopes to learn what it takes to be an amazing professional parent. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Girl Dad Show. Today, I had Joey on the show. He is a old college friend that I've known now for over 20 years, and we talk about being girl dads, building businesses, and all the things that go with um, instilling, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit, but also being, a, you know, a nurturing parent. It's a really great episode. Joey is one of a kind. He is incredibly passionate about building businesses and being an entrepreneur and also very, very um, excited about being a girl dad. And, and uh, it's a really, really great episode. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Joey, what is up, brother? Thank you for joining me on my show today. Thanks for having me. Good morning or good afternoon, I guess, where you're at, right? Yeah, afternoon for me. So what are you at, 11 o'clock over there? It is 11 o'clock. On a Friday morning. Thanks for spending your Friday morning with me. That's actually really special. You know what? It is for both of us. I think uh, anytime you and I get together, it's always a good time. And uh, we can fit it in to our busy schedules even better. Yeah, I love it. Um, So let's just jump right in. So why don't you tell the listeners what you do for a living? I own a managed IT service company called Elevate Technologies. What do we do? We do basically anything IT under the sun for you know some of the Fortune 500 companies all over the U.S. Um, we're, we're headquartered in the Bay Area, um, which is kind of how we get into companies across the rest of the U.S. So yeah. you know we do desktop support, we do help desk, you know. Uh, we do computer relocation services. So these large companies, what they like to do is they like to shuffle employees around or you know, move employees from, from one building to another, expired leases, things like that. So someone has to be responsible for the computer hardware. Yeah. And that's where we come in. So we, we bring in a, an army of technicians, trained technicians with a process, and we disconnect their computers. Uh, a moving company will physically come in and actually relocate it to wherever it's supposed to go. We come yeah. back and we set everything up exactly how it was either disconnected or how the users want it going forward. Maybe they want a cleaner setup. You know, um, we do that on large scales. We do server relocations. Uh, similar idea, obviously, but in data centers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we do day in and day out. It's awesome. And and so multiple questions here. So one is, um, is most of your business like big project-based pro- project based projects, uh, project-based like that? Or is there any that's like residual or, or recurring? What's the percentage yeah. breakdown? The percentage breakdown, honestly, is probably right now 50-50. Wow. Um, yeah, great. the residual, the way it comes in is when I, when I say we do desktop support, you know, we have technicians at client sites and they're out there doing their thing 40 hours a week or more. So like true um, IT, like actual, like when I is. think about IT, like an actual person that like is managing the infrastructure. Yeah. Cool. So if you were working at a, a large tech company and you're like, oh man, my computer isn't working. I need yeah. to call help desk or get desktop support to come out and help me. Right, right, right. You know, you, you could be talking to one of my technicians. Um, a lot of these companies, they subcontract their IT uh, externally. Yeah. And then, so the second question is, um, yeah. So do most of these companies, have you found, um, do this in addition to internal teams or is it mostly just outsourced? It's a mix of both. Um, uh, when you're a large company and you probably already know this, uh, they can only have so many headcount. Yeah. Um, 
I think one way they, they choose to get around this is to bring in uh, an external provider, yeah. um, probably for tax reasons, for uh, yeah, yeah. ease of, of growing or, or shrinking. Um, and it, it's a lot easier if you want to bring in someone on a temporary basis. You know, oh, we only need someone for six months because maybe we're in a, a growth stage and we're trying to hire someone full time or we want to try someone out and maybe we're going to hire them down the line. You know, it yeah. could be a temp to hire situation. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, I, I it's so fun because you know I know we talk regularly about um, uh, building our businesses because we've kind of started this journey around the same. Well, me a little bit earlier, but by only like half a year, I think, right? Um, but it's like really interesting to think about like what it is that you actually do because I don't know if we've actually ever like broken down, uh, like gone like two levels deep and actually talked about what it is that we do. It's pretty funny. Huh? We're usually right. talking at a much more higher level. But um, can you? Are you? How'd you get into this? Oh, funny story. Um, <laughs> I was 15 years old at the time, and I would shadow my father um, to whatever job he was doing. You know, he, as a little kid, he used to be a copier technician. So oh, I would well, shadow him awesome. to his, his, his client sites when he's working on a copier, you know, in his, in his suit. Uh, you know, I was just kind of there, um, just watching him do his thing. And, you know, one day he was a sales guy for an IT company, and uh, they were running a project, and they were short-staffed. So he said, hey, do you mind helping out? They'll show you what to do. And I jumped in there. And lo and behold, after the project, they said, hey, you know, would you like to work for us? I said, sure. You know, I'm a 15-year-old kid. I don't think I can get a better job than this, right? Yeah. Um, I already had a passion for computers, so it was a, a perfect fit for me. Um, the only obstacle at the time, obviously, was transportation. You know, yeah. going to all these companies all over the Bay Area. I was living in Watsonville. Oh, um, wow. You know, I was in high school. How am I going to commute? You know, so I'm on a permit, you know, trying to drive to all these locations until I turned 16. Oh Once I turned 16, yeah. Once I was 16, though, you know, here I am traveling to places like San Francisco. Um, I didn't know what commuting was like as a yeah. as a 16 year old kid. Yeah. Um, but I was making really good money for a young kid, and I don't remember the dollar amount. Um, if I had to guess. It was probably around seventeen fifty to twenty dollars an hour, and wow. you know, back then that's back, awesome. Yeah, yeah, back in ninety six, uh, you're talking about you know more than probably some of my teachers were making in high school. I don't know. Yeah, it's probably double minimum wage back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a lot of yeah. money back then. Yeah, I remember my uh, first job out of college. I think was like uh, like sixteen or seventeen. So obviously, if you're doing that Easy. at fifteen or sixteen years old, I think that's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah, I, I felt yeah. very accomplished at a very young young age. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really really cool. So you were kind of doing this um, right off the bat, like your first kind of job was this. Yeah, my first real job, we'll say. You know, I did the the paper route when I was younger. Nice, um, terrible experience. Why paper route? That's <laughs> awesome. That's such a cool idea. I love it. For, like so quintessential, young... quintessential, right? like you know, American like American it job, is. you know. You yeah. think about it and you're like, man, this, this little 12-year-old kid, 13-year-old, I don't remember how old I was, you know, getting up at like 3 in the morning to, to roll newspapers, no. putting a rubber band. Yeah, getting up super – and you're breathing in these fumes of all the ink. I got nauseous one time, I remember. Um, and then did you actually do it on your bicycle? No. So thankfully, you know, we're a little bit more modernized. So mom would drive me around and I would throw them out the window or – or get out of the car and deliver them to the doors. You know, trust me, I knocked over antennas. Yeah. I broke things on people's property. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it a funny experience. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, we have to dig into that. So your mom drove you around, meaning they were very supportive of you working. I'm sure that this is like uh, this is like a very adamant, intentional thing that she did. Then, because if she's waking up at three in the morning to drive you to do your paper route, that's like a heavy prioritization of like work ethic here. It is. They they drilled that into me at a very young age, um, and I think it was a, a natural thing for me, even because you know I would get on the school bus, you know, and I would have like a box of candy and I would be selling it out to, uh, you know, the other kids on the school bus. I just, I always liked business. Um, we lived on a golf course when I was a kid. I would collect all the golf balls in our backyard. I would clean them up. I would take them to the tee box. I would resell them to the, to the golfers. Um, oh my gosh. Just, so you're always, you're always finding a hustle. I love it. Since you were a kid. I was, I was, I, I really enjoyed business and entrepreneurship. Um, you know, and I feel like I'm coming back full circle on it, really. Yeah, that's right. Because this is um, um, after that, you went to college. We went to college together, and then yeah. you got jobs, and then you basically started your business. What was it like a year and a half ago, right? Ooh, man! Now it's in the middle of 2020, so we're looking at two and a half years almost. Twenty? Has it been two and a half years? Because it started during the pandemic. So starting the pandemic, so then that's one year in 2021, two years in 20... Oh, yeah. It could be past two years. Crazy. I think I started mine, like, I want to say, like, four months before you. Must have been. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it started mine, like, like March of 2020. Like, right before the lockdown happened in the Bay Area. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember it because I was like, okay, I'm launching my business. And I launched it. And then literally two days later... Um, the city announced an, uh, a mandate, lockdown <laughs> mandate, and Amy's like, go get a job, go get a job, don't do this, go get a job. That was so funny. So Yo, this I, is a sign. Exactly. Like, this is, not a, this is not a good sign that I'm launching my business and then all of a sudden the world, like, shuts down, you know? But, right. um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, so that, that's, like, kind of seared in my brain. I just didn't think about the math that I've actually been doing this for a lot longer than I realized. So I'm actually headed towards my third year then that's wild that's awesome yeah, yeah so you no, so are you time flies. yeah and then um um let's talk about your kid uh, uh who who is she and how old is she and 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 what's let's the best see. thing about her yeah my beautiful adriana is six years old of course she's you know on my phone you know yeah there you go there my you go. princess honestly yeah. she's an angel love her to death um th there's there's no greater joy than, than parenthood i think at least for yeah. me um you know of course I, I love business and i love my wife but there's there's an, a different type of love for your kids yeah i agree with that i absolutely agree with that and i and i didn't even realize how much i could love until my kids came um but i will say that um the question i have for you is really around like what made you take the leap of faith were the 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 what made you basically start a business when you had a kid? Because I'm assuming that you, you, you know, you had a lot of, um, uh, you know, mental gymnastics to get to that conclusion that you were going to do this and had to calculate a lot of things. But walk me through your thought process on that. Like, why would you start a business, you know, as you're, as you're um, headed into this pandemic and um, you have a kid and obviously have a lifestyle and all those things? So I, I honestly believe that the greater the risk, the greater the reward. You know, I was taught that in school and it truly has come to fruition in real life. Um, I was working for an IT company before this and I was making good money and I had a plan. 
uh, I had a plan to eventually be either part owner or full owner of an IT company. Regardless. Um, regardless. And it was, it was the plan. The CEO knew it. Uh, you know, we had, we had a plan together. Um, and towards the, the end of my, my stint there, we were, we were drawing up documents for me to purchase the IT portion of her company, which I had, you know, essentially built up. Yeah. Um, and the pandemic happened, things kind of went awry for whatever reason, the deal didn't go through. And I left myself in a situation where it was like, well, what do you want to do, Joey? You can, you can stay doing what you're doing and you'd live a, a, a normal, good life yeah. or you can make that risk. And if it doesn't pan out, go back to what you were doing. Um, there were plenty of companies that still wanted to hire me doing what I do. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. Try this. If I don't try this, I'm going to regret it. And I'm happy I did. Um, it was my plan to always own an IT company, and here I am owning one. Uh, we've been very successful. Uh, we're hovering probably around 80 employees right now. Wow, um, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. I love seeing the type of people we put at companies and watching them grow. You know, I'm not the youngest person anymore in the industry. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely uh, more seasoned. Yeah. I've been doing this for 27 years now. Yeah. It's a, it's a long time. Um, I don't know if you can see it on camera, but there's plenty of gray hair to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, wild, man. That's a huge growth trajectory. Oh, my gosh. Now now uh, my competitive side's coming up where I'm like, dang, that's that's a lot of growth in two years. That's fantastic, man. That's really, really, really amazing. I that's love that. That's a good kind of competitiveness, right? When, you, when yeah. you have a buddy who also owns his own company or, or in my instance, I also have a neighbor who owns his own company. Um you know, you're like, oh, watch them grow. Oh, they're growing. They're growing. Oh, I want to grow. I want to keep getting bigger too. That's right. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. I think that it's like, um, I say that tongue in cheek, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like talking to you once a month and just like making sure we, we stay in touch because I think you want to surround yourself with people that are doing the similar things because it's kind of a lonely journey. And it's hard to it explain is. to people what it's like to build something because it's not easy building a business. And um, there are problems that are not normal. And then if you get to your scale, obviously, you're, you're obviously doing something right. But um, you also want to keep um, getting that emotional and mental support, but also just understanding that there's even more out there, right? Like back to what you were talking about, that competitiveness, right? So you don't feel settled or satiated. You're like, oh, my God, there's more, there's more, there's more. And I can't help but look at the sign that you have on your wall there. It's like really funny and, and apropos to this conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's a really That's interesting funny. motivational um, poster. I've never seen that before. I've seen the hustle. I have the I have the you know the hustle grind success that stuff you know, and I, but I've never seen that one. That's really funny. So, so that, talk to me about that. Why did you put that up there? Is that just to kind of remind you that like, I have three posters in my in my office, my home office. Yeah. Um, one is a, a picture of what looks like an American Express card, and it says "Hard work, the price you pay for success." Yeah. You know, because success doesn't come without hard work. Um, you know, I've yeah. definitely put in lots of long hours. My body is aged coming home. Um, but you can't get to a certain place in your career without it. You know, unless yeah. you're extremely lucky um, or you're, you're born into a family, you know, that's got a lot of means. Um, it's very difficult to get to this stage on your own. Um, then I have another poster to my left of me. It says, 
you can't deposit excuses, you know, because truthfully, I mean, people are always making excuses out there. Oh, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. One thing I've known for in the Valley is people come to me because I'm going to make it happen. Even if I don't know how to make it happen right this second, I will make it happen. Um, and then this, this final one, if you can still count your money, work harder, you know, (laughs) there's no, you know, real end goal when it comes to money. Um, you can honestly sky's the limit, right? You can just keep making an abundance of it. You know, um, I don't think I'll ever be at the level of, you know, a Jeff Bezos or, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, but I'm very, very content not just on making the money, but helping others make money too. It's really fun to watch, Um, you know, watching friends, families, colleagues grow their careers and get stock options at these large companies and, and do very well for themselves. I, um, I have a couple of these motivational signs too, cause I think it's really powerful what you like surround yourself with. Right. It kind of goes hand in hand with like, who do you hang out with and who do you talk to, to like, you know, keep, keep yourself focused. But it also is a good daily reminder, but I have like the, um, the six, uh, the six, you know, things like execution, success, hustle, grind, perseverance. And, um, I don't even know what the other one is, but, oh, persistence. And then uh, on the right, on the right here, I yes. have the opposite of you actually, which is why I thought that sign was funny, but I have uh, what a million dollars a year broken down is. So it just says a million dollars a year broken down by month, a week, a day. And so it like basically makes everything more like palatable. Like it's like, oh yeah, okay. You just got to focus on that small number. Uh, and then that small number equals the, the, the bigger number, but not that a million dollars is the goal, right? I mean, that's not necessarily what I'm striving for, but the point of it is to like, really like have a number to shoot for. But in your case, your, your poster is more like money is not a goal. It's just like, you just keep making more of it if you want. Right. That's a really interesting take on it. Yeah. Yeah. How how do you think about your, how do you think about your daughter, uh, with, with money? And are you, are you going to try to try to be as, um, um, take a, take a card from your, um, uh, take a page from your parents' book and, and, you know, help her be an entrepreneur or what do you, what are you going to do there? I don't want to, put her in any sort of direction. I want her to pick a direction. I want her to enjoy life. Um, but I do want her to be conscious of money. Um, you know, it it just doesn't grow on trees. As the old saying says, um, she's well aware things cost money. She has her own piggy bank. You know, she, she knows things cost money. She goes in there and she'll, she'll pull money out of her piggy bank to go buy a toy or when she receives money, Oh dad, I want to save this because she understands saving is just as important. Um, but I want her to try everything and then I'll support whatever direction she wants to go. Yeah. And she's also the same age as my kid. And it's just really hard to have like complex conversations with them, you know? So you have to like slowly like break it in. And I've been like struggling with how do I do that with Lily and Grace, right? Grace is really young. She's three years old, but uh, Lily's at least five and a half. And so like, she'll make comments, you know, like, so like I had a really funny conversation with my wife this morning about a playground. So I'm going to get them um, a pretty nice playground here um, for Christmas, right? Nice. And so it'll be like five or $6,000. And then, and that's actually coming down from the $12,000 one I wanted. I wanted like, I wanted like oh. two, I wanted two forts with the walkway. <laughs> so Amy talked me down to the $5,000 one. But, um, 
um, she found a, like an, a used playground that had you know more basic stuff for like three hundred bucks, right? It's like a metal one. It's not wood. Like I got one that's wood and colorful and like all fun and, and all the all the little doodads on it. She found an old like really good one, just like these sturdy metal one, you know, and it's, it's awesome. And and I was like, we're talking about it back and forth, and she's like, oh, they're selling it for three hundred. You just need to go see if it's you know good enough or like you know if it's rusted or whatever. And I'm like. I was like, how much is it brand new? And, you know, and she, she was like, oh, it's $1,200 brand new. And I'm like, oh, okay. So by the time I go there and then I look at it and I want it, I'll have to go grab a truck um, and then, you know, undo it, set it, move it, set it up. And then it'll probably take me roughly about six or seven hours. Like at, at that point, like it's just cheaper just to buy a new one. <laughs> it's just cheaper it's to buy a new one and just like have it installed. And so if anything, like we'll just get the $5,000 one and this one, if you really want this one, but I'd rather just get it new. And, and I mean, obviously we, we debated this conversation a little bit more, but Lily jumped in and she jumped in and said, dad, why do you always talk about money when it comes to, um, um, you know, stuff. Right. And I basically said, I tried my best to explain because I was like, this is, these are, these are those opportunities, right? To like instill the lessons in life and money. And I was like, no, it's not that I'm talking about money. I'm talking about the value of time. You know, you got to think about where your time is best allocated and used, not so much the money aspect of it, right? And so I was trying to explain this to her and I'm realizing she's like, not understanding a thing that I'm saying. So I'm like trying to figure out like 10 different ways to explain it to her. And I like lost her by the fourth one. Right. She's just like, she doesn't care. She just wants to play ground, you know? Yeah. So do you, do you have any of these moments where you try to like explain some complex theories around in money and, and, and business? Oh yeah. And All the time. And the, the concept of time to these kids is, you know, they eat and they play. That's, that's all they do. <laughs> so in fact, even as a, when I was a kid, you know, I would for, forego eating sometimes just so I could play more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my concept of time. And my daughter does the same thing. I see her, uh, honey, you need to finish your, your meal because, you know, you need these nutrients. I'm not hungry anymore. You know what? Uh, I just want to go over here and I want to play or I want to be on my That's iPad right. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of have to be, or at least for me, I'm, I'm very strict when it comes to that. No, I'm going to take away your toys if you don't finish your meal and then you can go do your thing. Um, it's funny though, some of the things you were mentioning earlier, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if entrepreneurs really do think alike because time is so important to the fact where you're like, oh, I'd rather just pay for it, have someone, you know, build it or whatever. I did the same thing. Uh, yeah. When I bought our playground, I, I went on Costco, I bought it, had the Costco people install it. Um, the time it would have taken me to do that is time I really don't have or time I could be putting into my own business, right? Um, I had a conversation this morning with a guy, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, I was telling him, oh yeah, we're installing, uh, an in-ground trampoline right now. And you know, it's very expensive to even have the hole dug out just for this thing. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. well, why don't you just dig it yourself? I go, first of all, that's going to take a lot of time, energy, and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would rather just pay the professional to do it, have it done yeah. right. And I'll yeah. concentrate on what I do for work. That's right. Yeah. I think that you're right. I think there's a common thread with entrepreneurs, right? Like you, you are always trying to find, um, operational efficiency and then maximizing yes. for, um, a revenue and time and all those things. But, um, it's really interesting concept to try to teach, um, kids. And it's really funny cause I must have talked about it a lot. Cause when Amy and I make decisions about purchasing things, 
we always compete, right? Because Amy would rather save a dollar any chance she gets. And I would much rather just spend, you know, just spend money and like do what's convenient and fast, you know, because like for me, it's like, how do I maximize, you know, my time, right? And that's really what I try to focus on, and especially if it's within a realm of like, hey, I could actually make more than that in that time frame uh, of work. It's 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 really bad way to think about life, to be honest with you, because when you get too into it, you also forget that you should also spend that time, you know, uh, you know, in different ways that are, you know, like Amy says this a lot. She'll say like, you know, like even just like gardening together, you know, although we could pay someone to do it, but we should do it and we can do it as a family and it's like uh, bonding moments and, and things like that. So um, I think there's value to that, but it's hard to like unwire your brain to think like that, you know? Oh, absolutely. When you're um, in like this efficiency growth mode, you're like, oh, grow, 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 you know? Oh, yeah. Especially when you're in the growth mode. Uh, I remember my first real moment where I could just say, hey, you know what? There is an efficiency that I'm missing out on. And it was, I was a young young person actually um it had to do with washing my car i had always washed my car i never took my cars to car washes yeah. and then i started putting it together how much time am i spending washing my car i should yeah. be doing something else it cost well at the time uh, let's just say it cost maybe 20 bucks to have your car washed you know it's like uh yeah i should be having someone else do that and i should take you know the three hours of my life back to, to put it into something else yeah or when I had a roommate um, after college, we had a house cleaner. Um, you know, there's the time it would spend cleaning the house all the time, plus the, the arguing back and forth with the roommate. Is it really worth it? You know, pay 75 bucks for this house cleaner to come in and, you know, clean your house. Right. <laughs> Much better, more efficient. And, uh, yeah, but I, coming back to your point, um, there are things that you need to spend time doing especially meaningful moments. Um, the gardening thing, we've definitely experienced that. You know, we have a gardener, but even with the gardener, we'll go out there and do our own thing. You know, bringing your daughter out there and, you know, having her water the plants and, you know, and maybe plant a new plant or flower. Yeah. Um, those are moments that are creating memories. Um, they're teachable moments. Um, there's certain things you just can't forego or you shouldn't forego. You know, because you're going to miss out. Um, yeah, that's right. And that's the, that's the, that's why it's so good that, you know, my partner is such an opposite of me. Cause I think that when I, when I think about how extreme I am into like operationalization and time management and she's, you know, and she's like basically normal. Right. And so it helps us like come to the middle and have some semblance of normality because the kids get washed with both. Right. I'm hoping they're definitely much more like her. I mean, they're three and five. Like you said, all they want to do is eat and play. So it doesn't really matter. But I'm hoping as they get older, they'll they'll learn these concepts. And I just I just like have a hard time explaining it right now. Right. Because like. You know, I gotta get, I gotta get better at like explaining this concept of time. You know, time and money, but it's very sophisticated stuff, right? It's not easy to explain, and so I give myself a little bit of latitude, but I do, I do need to work on how to explain it because I really butchered it this morning. I had an opportunity to talk to her about it. She asked, and I totally messed it up. And you know what they say is like if if you know you haven't really mastered it or understand it until you can explain it to a five year old, right? And so now I have a five year old oh, to explain it to. So I got to figure out a way a way to explain it more simply. So because um, I do want her to understand it, she doesn't necessarily have to be it, right? I don't mind if she's not an entrepreneur, but um, or Grace either, right? Both of the kids, I don't mind. I want them to be able to do whatever they want realistically, but. Um, I definitely want them to understand it, right? Like understand, um, how this stuff works. And so it's, it's some of, some of the stuff that like, I wish I learned when I was younger, 
And oh, yeah. uh, now that I'm starting to learn it at, you know, um, in the later part of my life, I'm like, man, I really wish I wish I had this knowledge when I was younger. I'd be so much better off <laughs> right now than I was, you know. You know, you, you say that and uh, you kind of wonder because all of your experiences before this led you to this place in your life. That's um, true. true. Had you had all that education of what you think is important back then, you know, yes, you would have maybe grown your business earlier. It would have been bigger. You would have more money. But in the end, I mean, it, it would, would that have made you happy? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because now that I think about it, what makes me happy, what my singular focus and goal is actually is to um, get to this place where I can, you know, choose to work. Um, And so meaning like I have, um, it's not necessarily like a retirement seat. I don't want to necessarily lump sum. It could be a lump sum, but I think it'll end up being a partial lump sum and then partially uh, passive, semi-passive income, right? And then, then the change in my mind will go, okay, I hit that marker where I can work if I want to, not because I need to. And that's really where I want to get to, because I really want to back to controlling time. I really want to get back to controlling my time and doing what I want to do when I want to do it and spend more time with my kids. Um, and that's kind of the whole reason why I've been hustling so hard over the last couple of years is like, just trying to figure out how to do that. And you need money to do that. <laughs> and so then, then you go back to, okay, I need to build a lot of revenue from this business to go deploy and, you know, build assets. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, when I, when I first thought of the, the word success and the definition of success, you know, if you would ask me at the age of 20 versus mm-hmm. the age of 30 versus the age of 40, oh man, it's changed a whole lot. Yeah. Talk to me about what it is now. What is it now? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, at, at 20, I don't know if you could agree, but man, I just want to make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my yeah. goal. Yeah. Uh, 30 was kind of like that point where I was not old enough, but not too young, where I almost wanted more recognition and, and respect from my peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew the money would follow kind of thing. At 40, now I I want to just you know, spend time with my family, um, you know, give my kid everything that either I didn't have or I had anything that just makes her happy. Um, success on the business end of it to me is just, I think it's just going to happen. It's just, you, you do good work, you follow through with what you say you're going to do and, and the money and everything else just kind of follows. Um, I don't think it's a, a mystery that, you know, the reason the company's grown the way it has, you know, is, is because, oh, I have this secret, you know, recipe on how this just happened. No, these clients, they trust me with these large projects. Right. They know I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, you know, and they keep coming back to me for it. Um, we've got a great team of individuals. And one thing I'm doing different than I, I would have done at a previous company, you know, being in sales you don't touch on every aspect of your business. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that may not be the right thing to do, but I enjoy doing it. And that's interviewing every person, every employee that comes into my company. Mm. So I feel very comfortable putting them out there to client side. So they feel comfortable interacting with me and I get to watch them grow. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a, a different type of happiness that gives me. Um, and comfortability, you know, not having a recruiter just, do do that part of it, you know, send these people out there and I'm just selling a service. 
I, I feel like I'm very hands-on that way, you know, to the, to a detriment, maybe, I don't know. Um, it's working. Um, so we'll see maybe 10 years from now, we'll, I'll have a different idea of what, what it is. No, I mean, I think what you're talking about is like finding your, um, your culture, right? The culture that you're creating within your company. It's like the balance of like, you know, employee engagement and care, customer, you know, value and care, and, and then your desire to generate revenue for the business, right? I mean, those are really the three legs of the, of the, of the business, right? And different cultures are basically just variants of those three things. Like how much do you focus on one of those things, you know? And it sounds like you have a good balanced view on it, right? And that's awesome. It's very, very awesome. I think that that's really key. And so although it may sound like it's unscalable because you're not paying a recruiter to go do it, that cost and time is actually worth it because you're building that personal relationship with that person. And so like I do unscalable things all the time. Like in my pool service business, we do a lot of unscalable things. We pay above market rate. You know, we pay medical and dental. You know, we hire for diversity. Like we just do a lot of unscalable things that are not best for revenue. But we do that intentionally because um, there's like a there's like a feel that comes with that, right? You attract people. You don't have to worry about turnover as much, and you can ask for more from them to deliver better service to the customers. Like there's just more stuff, right? So I think it's like I don't think that that's bad at all. I think you're just defining your you're defining your culture. You're 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 building you're building a you're building your place, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, be- oh sorry, go ahead. No, I'll just say before I even started this business. I, I interviewed a lot of CEOs. Um, I wanted to see what was the dollar amount that they made in revenue that made them the happiest. Oh yeah. Some of these. I wait, did. Wait, uh, personally or as a company? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah, I'm really excited the, to hear this. Yeah. The number that came about every single time. I don't know why it was five million dollars in revenue. After five million dollars. It became a headache. There was so much going on. They changed as people. Um, the culture of the company changed. Yeah. Um, so, so as I grow my own company, I, I have that in, in my in my head, just thinking, okay, there's going to be this dollar amount that we're going to hit, and I want to get there the right way. I really do. Um, and it's going to be with what you said, the the company culture. You know, um, and I want to let all of these people know that I care. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've worked for somebody before where you felt like maybe a number. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you don't you don't learn how to be a good boss unless you've had some bad ones, you know? Yeah. And, you know, trust me, I've, I've definitely had good ones and bad ones. I can take the good ones and the good things from them and, and apply them to, to this business and remember the bad ones and what they did and how they made me feel, you know, and, uh, you know, keep that out of the, the company culture. Yeah. it's awesome. How do you, how do you thinking about parenting? Like, I know you, I know you dabbled on that a little bit, but have you always known you wanted to be a dad and like, what's the 20, 30, 40, uh, success profile? I'm an odd person. I literally have had everything kind of mapped out in my head, you know, from college to, to work, to marriage, to having a kid. The obstacle that me and my wife ran into was right at that time where I knew I wanted to have a kid and I wanted to be a dad. She wasn't physically able to have a kid. Mm. And it just, it made me wonder, you know, all the things that I wanted might not come to fruition on the, on the child aspect. Um, so, you know, we started looking at in vitro, we started looking at 
uh, adoption. And, you know, I thought to myself, man, I want to be a dad so bad. And it just, you know, one way or another, I want to make it happen. Um, And then my wife, she went for a surgery. She had some fibroids removed. And lo and behold, it's a funny story. Um, She, this was our anniversary of, I don't remember what year it was, but it this is November of many years ago, you know, <laughs> six plus years ago, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, she gives me this gift for our anniversary, and it's the the pregnancy test. And I'm looking at it, going, "No way! This this really happening?" Like I I, I had counted it out already that we couldn't get pregnant. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you went through the emotional mental journey of just counting it out. Oh my gosh! It was like the happiest moment. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, thank you. This is the best gift you've ever given me. Um, <laughs> I was ready. So when I think of my daughter, I think of her as my miracle baby. You know, I didn't think we were going to have one. Um, and then years from from then, I wanted to have another one, and we haven't been able to. Um, more more for my daughter to have a, someone to play with. Mm. Um, but now my daughter's six years old, and me and my wife kind of talked about it. We're like, oh, does it really make sense now? Um I don't feel like the kid we have now will be so much uh, an interactive play person for her. It'll be more of a one kid's probably babysitting the other kid. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. I didn't even know that you had those challenges, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. It sounds like it was um, one of the most uh, emotional moments in your life. It sounds like it was pretty, pretty. It it was. Well, because especially for someone who plans their whole life out and then the one thing that he wants he can't have, and there's no amount of money that can, can make that happen. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, by some miracle it happened and, you know, and that's my daughter, you know, she's, yeah. she's everything to me. Absolutely. Congratulations, man. That's an amazing story. And thanks for sharing that. That's awesome, dude. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I bet that that like, uh, I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to ask and kind of trivialize this magical moment because does that make you more of a pushover or does that make you want to like instill more like knowledge and, and, and fiercity to her? You know, when, when you were younger, uh, yeah. and your and your parents were scolding you, uh, you probably told yourself, Oh man, when I'm a parent one day, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to be the nicest person ever to my kids. Right. Right. And I thought that too, until I actually had a kid and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm just going to be the nicest parent. But in reality, it it just kind of, whatever's supposed to happen happens. And in my case, I'm able to be strict and a pushover at the same time. It's very weird. Uh, My daughter wants something. Of course I want to give it to her within reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my wife spends more time with my daughter day in and day out, um, being the, the stay at home mom. And I can see the battle that she has with our kid, you know, on certain things, you know, do this. Oh, I don't want to do that kind of thing. But for some reason, I don't know if it's the tone of my voice or whatever. When I say something, my daughter listens. So I don't really have that, that yeah. back and forth with her. She doesn't argue with me. And I like that. Um, but then I'm also the fun dad. When dad when dad does this, we're gonna yeah. go have fun. Uh, she, we have daddy daughter dates. Uh, she yeah. loves them. Um, man, there there's so much that that I do with her that it's just there. My wife can't do, and there's so much that my wife does with her that I can't do. Yeah. Um, it's it's a fun experience though. 
Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really great. And I appreciate you sharing all the um all the things that you do with her as well. I mean, um I I'm trying to be, you know, more um um disciplined about, you know, parenting as a as a thing, right? Cuz I think for me it's like I I don't know, man. I'm like I thought I'd always be this kind of like, okay, I'm going to teach my kids values. I'm going to teach my kids you know, um, um, how to make money and, and be entrepreneurial and like change, you know, design and control their life. Right. Like all those things. And, and then the reality is that like day in and day out, I'm the exact opposite of what I'm at work. I'm literally the biggest pushover. Like they're like, no, we should get donuts. And I'm like, no, it's a terrible idea. We're going to get sick or whatever. Like, no, we really should get donuts. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. We should get donuts. And then we go get donuts, right? Like, like they already know that they could like rock, you know, rock me very easily and get what they want. And, and, and they'll know I'll laugh about it. And I just like give in because it's just like so fun for me. Right. I just like love like being able to like, I don't know, it's terrible. Right. So it's just like, and maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll change. But Amy tells me all the time, like, she's like, I feel like I have three kids. Cause like you, you literally like do, you like do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where Lily actually said the other month, oh, she it was just me and the girls, and um, Grace was asking me for something, and Lily like flippantly, she didn't even like, she didn't even, I don't even think she meant to do it to me, but she was just telling Grace, she was like, "Mom's not here. You just tell them what you want. You don't have to ask." And like, I'm like, "What the hell?" It was so funny, right? <laughs> but it's just funny to think about, like, um, you know, like how you operate at work, and then asking other entrepreneurs and parents like how they do that, right? Because like I struggle with it big time. Like I can't, I can't find that balance. I'm like such a, I'm such a pushover. I'm like full on fun dad, you know, all the time. Isn't that part of being a girl dad though? You know, versus so. being a boy dad. Yeah, I mean, I think so. The the saying is like, you know, you, you got daddy wrapped around your little finger, right? Because that's right. They that's do. Right. Yeah, they that's totally right. do. Um, oh, I appreciate you saying that. That makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. Yes. Oh, trust me. My, my wife tells me, don't give her candy. And first thing I'm going to do is I give her candy. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I did it last night. She was, she was in the bath. And I went in there and I, uh, I snuck her some, some sour gummy, something or others. I love she, it. So I just told you not to do that. Oh, oh, oh I didn't hear you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Amy is leaving um, me for the weekend with the girls and she's leaving tonight and she's already like trying to prep me like, Hey, like take it easy, you know, make sure they get some vegetables, like take it, you know, and I'm like, it's going to be mayhem. I'm just going to tell you right now because I we're think this go is – Oh, yeah. I, we're going to do like – we're going to like do a sleepover in the living – I'm going to pull my mattress out and sleep in the living room. We're going to like all sleep in the – you know, downstairs, watch movies till we go to bed. Like it's going to be bad, dude. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's awesome. That sounds like a good time. I think so. I mean I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's, she's just, they're going to be tired and cranky when my wife comes home. But, um, you know, how often, you know – and I don't – I mean obviously I don't really um, – uh, have that many opportunities to do that. So like, I'm, you know, so Amy's usually just always with the kids or with us. Right. And so she's rarely away. And so we just started this kind of thing where she's starting to like, um, do her own things as the kids are going to school now. And like, they're starting to have more time and we're starting to like separate those two things a little bit. But, um, this is a big deal because Amy doesn't really leave. So, um, it's kind of like party on. I'm going to like, yeah, rock <laughs> out this weekend. <laughs> And I think that's healthy for your relationship too. make sure, you know, the wife gets out and she does her thing. Um, her life, yes, is uh, revolves around the kids, but I mean, she's got to find her own identity and enjoy her own things, you know? Yeah. Does, uh, does your wife work? No, she doesn't. Well, I can't say that. 
Um, yeah. So two, two things. She's a 24-7 mom, which is definitely a full-time job. Yeah, she, she holds down the fort here. She takes care of the house stuff. Um, but she actually helped me with my business as well. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, she, she helped me with the, the hiring onboarding process, um, job postings, uh, time cards, um, anything I can get her in to help me out with um, is, is great, you know, for her to understand the business and to help me out. Um, That's awesome, When I first man. met my wife, she worked in an office, so she's no stranger to that type of work. It's just that, you know, when we had our, our first kid, she just kind of went full mom mode and that's the direction she wanted to go. Yeah. That's kind of with Amy too. I love this conversation a lot. I wish you had more time because I think this is actually a really interesting topic, but you know, we, we kind of uh, had this conversation about like the kids transitioning and her having a lot more open time and like, you know, she's going to get involved in the PTA and like try to find, you know, get back to like finding who she is a, a little bit. Right. Cause there's like this five or six hour gap every day now. And um, I'm really excited for it. Cause I think that she's dedicated so much of herself to the family for the last like five and a half years. Right. And so, uh, it's a really big dedication. And I think that, you know, it's a lot of, lot to ask for someone, you know, especially someone that doesn't like change to change and then change and then now change again. Right. Like, um, it's, it's gotta be really, really challenging, but it's so important. I think it's really is important. And, um, that's really great that you can work with her. Cause I, I don't know if I can, uh, Amy and I are so different that I just would get so like frustrated and she'd get so frustrated with me. And, um, we just think so differently, you know, like we're just such opposites about almost everything. And, um, it would just be very, very challenging, but we've been trying, we've been trying to like incorporate things like, you know, cause she's like, we did talk about this saying like, right. If I die tomorrow, like she doesn't actually understand like all the different assets we own. Like she, she knows that there's a pool service company. She knows there's a bunch of real estate investments. She knows that, you know, there's a video production. She knows that there's all these different things, but she doesn't know. Like, how does the money come in? How do you get that money out? Like, where does that money go? Like, she doesn't know how to, how to navigate it. So it's kind of a, it's a really, it's a really interesting point in the blind spot. So over the last month or two, we've been like figuring out ways to have her, you know, help with different things like processing mail and then putting things away, but more for the sake of like, I never thought about it. Right. I was just like, it's more efficient for me to do it. But the reality is dude, we could die. Yeah. We could life, die. Life is very unknown. And as I'm sure in your life, you, you've known young people to, to pass away and you're like, man, that came out of the blue. Didn't expect that. And it That's could right. happen to anybody anytime. Right. I know yeah. life short. Enjoy it. Right. And appreciate what you have. Yeah. That's a good segue to my rapid fire question. So um, as we head on to the top of the hour here, let me, let me fire off the questions I like to ask every guest and then we'll get you on your way. So Joey, what advice do you have for other parents and soon to be parents? Ooh, uh, parents of kids that are a certain age. Cause I feel like there's so much to say. Yeah. There's a lot, isn't there? Whatever you want. Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's a very generic opening okay. question. Yeah. You just shoot off so, whatever comes top of mind. So I have a brother-in-law that just had a kid um, nice. and I gave him as much advice as I could before he had the kid. I said, stop reading all the books. It's not going to help you. Uh, <laughs> every kid's different. Every parent's different. So be prepared to be sleep deprived. Uh, yeah. You're going to think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can live off of this amount of sleep. And you can trust yeah. me. You can. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, when it happened, he went through it and he's like, Whoa. And they're still struggling, you know, with a, with a newborn. Um, but <laughs> I think that was 
so hard for, for me and my wife, my wife especially, you know, waking up in the middle of the night with a crying baby and you, you could see them breaking down. You're like, hold on. It's going to be okay. I'll take the baby. We'll go to another room. Yeah. You know, take go, a nap. Go, go relax. Yeah. yeah. Just please take a load off. Just God, uh, I remember those everything days, will be man. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot believe hard. how little you can sleep off of. And it's crazy because almost every parent goes through it, right? I think that's actually, sorry to, to digress from your story here, but um, I think that's what happens when you become a parent. Like your empathy just like blows up. You know, you have all this judgment before kids. You're like, oh, if I was a parent, I would never do that. Or if I'm a parent, I'm going to have all these things. And then you go through that two or three year span where you don't sleep. And then now you're just like, oh, I'm sure they're just really tired. And your empathy for all parents just like skyrockets. Do you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, just absolutely. Like, yeah. Now I don't have, a, I don't of, have any judgment at all. Like all my judgment's gone. Cause I'm just like, they're probably just tired. You know, like that kid is, you know, not sleeping well, well or whatever that may be. I think honestly, we're all in a club. If you're a parent, you're, you're in the parent club. That's we right. can all relate to, to everything that you're going to go through or you've been through. Yeah. Um, like, like yesterday, a buddy of mine was telling me, Oh yeah, we're, uh, we're on an airplane and his kid was crying. He's like, Oh, I felt so bad for everybody. I'm like, you know what? Honestly, if there's other parents on that plane, they understand. Totally. It's the people that don't have kids that are going to be like, oh, there's a crying baby. I, it's ruining my flight experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Let me move on to the next one. So if you can go right. back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? Oh, probably what I'm telling other people. Um, Throw away the books, man. I, I, I read books, child, thing, child uh, parenting books, and uh, I don't feel like I'm using any of the advice they gave me. I feel like my kid is leading me into what I should be doing, and I'm figuring it out along the way, and uh, it's working out, you know? Oh, you need to have your kid in a sleeping in a separate room by this age. Oh, your kid needs to be walking at this age, you know, doing this and that. You know, every kid is different. Every parent is different. Um things will work itself out. Yeah. I love that. That's actually a really good way to look at it. And in hindsight, I wish I had more of that, you know, um, that's really, really clever advice. I love that. Um, what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself after becoming a parent? Something you touched on earlier. Um, there is this insurmountable amount of love you can have for your kid. Um, you didn't even know before you had your kid that you could love that much. Yeah. And once you had your kid, you're like, Oh my gosh, this, this kid is everything. I, I, I would do anything for this kid. I would lay down my life for this kid. Yeah. And that, that's really it. Honestly. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's it just is. unbelievable. Yeah. It's un, it's unexplainable and unbelievable. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's your all time favorite business book? Ooh, Lots of good ones out there. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I probably you probably heard that one before. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, that's uh, good. That is definitely a good one. Honestly, some some speakers, you know, Tony mm. Robbins. Nice man. I used to listen to his stuff over and over and over, especially while driving to client sites and commuting. Oh, I, I didn't even know what the radio was for the longest time. I would just listen to these, and it was a, a boss of mine that he actually gave me the. I think there were CDs at the time. And said, hey, just borrow these, listen to them. And I would. And that stuff probably stuck with me more than anything. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you were you were uh, juicing up on Tony Robbins. That's great. I that's was. Awesome. 
Yeah, I've been doing podcasts recently. Like every morning I wake up and listen to My First Million and I listen to weekly um, All In. And it's crazy what it does to your psyche. Just like it's so weird because like you just think that, oh, it's just a podcast. And I usually just listen to music. Now I swapped it out with these um, podcasts. But even after doing it for a few weeks, like your mindset starts to change. Like you can like feel yourself thinking differently and like thinking more. I don't know. It's pretty it's pretty interesting how you could like mind hack by just listening to these things. But that's a great one. I like that. Um, and then when you're not building, you know, the uh, next biggest IT empire in, in Silicon Valley and being a super, super girl dad, um, what do you do for fun? What do you, what's your downtime activities? Ooh, a downtime. I have two. Two right now that I could say are my number one go-tos. And one of them helped me to start my day every day. And that's working out. Uh, I work out in my garage. It used to be the gym before the pandemic. Uh, it helps me get my day started, my mind focused. Um, it kind of keeps me on path of where I need to be. I wake up early in the morning. I drink my coffee. I, I watch my news. And then I go to the garage and I work out. And then after awesome. that, I really get my day started. But the other thing that's more leisurely is golf. I've been golfing nice. since I was six years old. Uh, I'm golfing with a buddy tomorrow morning down in Monterey. Nice. Um, oh, God, I miss Monterey so much. That's awesome. <laughs> I love Monterey. I don't get to golf as much as I would like to. And yeah. every golfer will probably tell you the same thing. But I really don't. I golf maybe six, seven times a year. Um, but when I was young, especially in high school, I would golf every single day. Yeah. Um, but that's a joy of mine. You know, I love snowboarding. I haven't done that in a while. We used to go snowboarding yeah. back in the day. Yeah. I haven't um, done a really long time. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Um, and I know this about you too. You love music, right? Yeah. You, you, I don't know if you write music, but you definitely sing music and you perform music. Um, and as I got older, my love for music hasn't really changed, but I don't listen to as much music anymore because yeah. I'm taking in things like a, like a podcast or, you know, I'm educating myself with something else. Um, you know, even on the road, I'm on, on the phone with clients. I'm not listening to, to music like I used to. Um, that's probably one thing I miss because I really, really enjoyed music. I couldn't tell you who any of the new music artists are right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. But that's really cool too, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about um, all of this stuff. It's been a really, really enjoyable hour. I really appreciate you um, being my friend and my entrepreneurial buddy through these experiences. And then also a fellow girl dad that, you know, just so many relational points here and then being able to share all of this on my, on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And obviously, you know, our friendship goes back so far. I, I love seeing that we have these similar paths and I don't even know, cause we went a, a large gap without really talking to each other. And yeah. yet here we are right back. Like, <laughs> yeah, like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, we had similar, uh, things in common when we were in college, you know, with our That's snowboarding, right. obviously being in college, same degree. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you have all this gap in between and you kind of wonder what happened to that person. Guess what? We're right on the same path again. That's <laughs> it's right. like with similar, right. similar interests and in everything. So crazy, right? Yeah, it's good times, man. I really, I, it's really fun way of um, articulating that. Yeah, now that, and that's a really good way to end the episode too. So I'll, I'll for sure, I'll see you next month at a regular meeting. Okay, <laughs> we'll talk some more. <laughs> Keep hustling, brother. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, you too. All right, bye. Thanks, John. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Girl Dad Show. To help our show grow, please let us know who we should interview next by filling out the form on our website or commenting below.